0: 18 plus. All right, hello,
1: and welcome into another Maze and Brew post-game show, podcast, reaction, whatever you want to call it. Here, as I look at the clock here in the wee hours of Saturday night into Sunday morning, it is 2.20 a.m. Originally, the plan was I was going to get a full night's sleep, wake up in the morning, but still kind of wired. Just got home. The content machine never stops around here. I am, of course, team site producer, managing editor, Anthony Broom. Glad to be with you after a 31-10. Wow, how about that? Win over the Washington Huskies in week two. Michigan moves to 2-0 and on the season. And listen, uh, this game was what it was. Uh, we know what the storylines are. Michigan ran the ball 56 times for 343 yards and four touchdowns. Blake Corum, 21 carries, 171 yards, three scores. Hassan Haskins, 27 carries, 155 yards, and a touchdown. We'll get into Cade McNamara. Not a lot from him tonight. Not a lot going on offensively uh, through the passing game tonight. But listen, I would be remiss if I did not start out this postgame podcast by saying if you are among the fans, among that 108,000 strong at the Big House on Saturday night, you were great. you get my game ball because you affected the game from the start, walking through Ann Arbor throughout the day, walking around the stadium, around the concourse, before the game. Like last week was like last week was like the first day of school. There's like a nervous, cautious optimism about it. And then Michigan comes out, does what Michigan should do against Western Michigan dominates. you feel good about yourself. Saturday, this was a long day. There was a long lead up to this game because you're the eight o'clock game. Well, technically, eight fourteen. Gotta be right on the nose there for TV. You're the last you're the, you're the big game of the day. Everything that happens during the day leads up to you. And Maze out. You guys were great there. I think most of the people not wearing maze at the big house on Saturday were wearing purple because they were Washington fans. Uh, but tailgates were good. Energy was good. I think that Ohio State losing to Oregon probably added a little bit to the the fuel of the fire of what people brought into the stadium. And honestly, let's call a spade a spade. The fact that a lot of you got to stay on the parking or in the um, at Pioneer, you got to stay at the golf course, you got to stay downtown on the bars a little bit longer. That probably helped lube you up a little bit, right? So, crowd was great. Atmosphere was great. 9-11 stuff, the the tributes, the halftime show. Everything was awesome. Probably the best pregame and in-game atmosphere that I have seen since, you know, mid-revenge tour of 20, 2018, whatever it was. Well, hard to believe that was three to four years ago already, but good, good crowd, good atmosphere. Uh, you guys affected the game right off the bat. There was a delay of game first play. Somewhere along the line in the first quarter, Washington had to call a timeout. Like that team was rattled for the from the jump. They didn't score until the third quarter. They scored ten points on the game. Fans did their job. Michigan defense, most importantly, did their job on this game. And that's it's kind of hard to to figure out where to start because what was the narrative with this game even a week ago, last week, whatever it is, is that Michigan. We, we don't know what this Michigan team is. Washington could come into the big house, smack us in the mouth. I say us from Michigan, not us, you know, me saying I'm part of the team. I'm not. But the fear was that Washington was going to come in and impose their will, embarrass Michigan on the national stage, and have it be a loss that looked a lot like the losses last year did. That didn't happen. And not only did Michigan win the game, and you should have won the game after seeing what Washington did Against Montana last week, like the expectation, like we're gonna be moving the goalposts a lot because I still think to a certain extent we don't know what this team is. But the further you get into a season, the the expectations change. Injuries happen. Ronnie Bell happened. Like regardless, the narrative going to this game is that you have to win this game. Period. National stage, hundred and eight thousand people. Maze out. Big win last week had to find a t- way to take care of business and make no mistake about it like Washington is not they didn't play Oregon State or you know some other doormat from the Pac-12 like I don't think this this Washington team is very good but it is an upper tier Washington or Washington is an upper tier Pac-12 defense and Michigan beat them like a drum beat them soundly on both sides of the ball Talked about Haskins and Corm, and those guys were outstanding again. Offensive line outstanding again. Washington was stacking the box, and Michigan was still running the ball and doing whatever they wanted to do with it. Those guys came to play. Talk about the hard hats, the lunch pails. Those guys up front, they made they they earned their pay. I wish there was some kind of nil opportunity that we could contribute to uh, for those guys because they throughout the first two weeks, there there were questions about. What Sharon Moore switching over to offensive line coach would look like, and so far, not only has have those guys been ready, I feel like this is the quickest offensive line start that that unit has had in in a while. So kudos to those guys. Physically dominant, like I said, on both sides of the ball, and I know what the narrative is going to be. It's this is already the narrative. It's not developing. It's already here. Is that well? Why didn't they pass the ball more? Jim Harbaugh said, and this is again. I'm not putting I'll go deeper into this a little bit, but Jim Harbaugh said, "Hey, we we knew we weren't going to beat this team by throwing outside the numbers." They've got pros in their secondary. Obviously, Michigan's still trying to figure out what they are at wide receiver without Ronnie Bell. You saw, I mean, they they did make an attempt to attack the edges. You saw them with the swing passes out to Corum and you know, to, to Washington's credit, they weren't totally piss poor on Saturday. They played those pretty well. So, the fact that you know you're, you you Michigan has this identity where they've been saying they want to be physical. They want to run the football, they want to bang up front. They ran the ball. They said they were going to run the ball. They said they were going to run the ball until Washington stopped it. Washington didn't stop it. So Michigan ran and they continued to run. And that's what you should do. When you have an opportunity to exploit a mismatch or just you have a strength that someone has to stop, you do it until they stop it. I, I have concerns about how the passing game looked. I thought Cade McNamara was a step slow with his throws, his reads. Everything just it just wasn't quite as sharp. Obviously still led, you know, four touchdown drives in this game. But 15 pass attempts, 2.9 yards per attempt. I think that's kind of emblematic with what he was being asked to do on Saturday night, which was next to nothing. Flip the ball out to your running back. Flip the ball out real quickly to so and so. And and I'll get deeper into that in a little bit. I mean, I am I want to stick with positives here. We'll do what we did last week. We'll start with positives, we go to negatives, we'll do three words as well. But you look at this game, and the defense was outstanding. And I had a feeling this would be the case because when you go back and watch the Washington film from last week, they were it was just a chain reaction, nuclear meltdown disaster. It was not an organized effort. The offensive line didn't play well. Dylan Morris didn't play well. And they weren't even being pressured that much. So what's going to happen when you go to you travel across the country, go into that environment, Play against that pass rush. Aiden Hutchinson, two and a half sacks on the night. The most disruptive player on the field on both sides of the ball. I mean, there were there were probably about 10 NFL teams there with representatives. A couple teams had multiple people. Every time he made a play, I kind of looked over my shoulder and someone's taking notes. Someone's writing something down. Someone's logging something in their computer. That guy's going to be a first round pick because he's not just rushing the passer you're seeing him drop into coverage. You're seeing him play the, the linebacker role. You're seeing him move up in certain sets and play with his hand in the dirt. I mean, he, he's a beast, man. And you're seeing why he decided to come back for for his senior season. Like this is what's on display for him. Mike McDonald's doesn't done an excellent job with getting him ready to play. He's playing at a little bit of a lighter weight this year. He looks fast. He's playing violent. That guy's a beast. It's a lot of fun to watch him play. I look at this game, and obviously the run game is what it is. And you should—I mean, like I said—if that's their identity, and and what did I say coming into the season? This team needs to figure out what it does well and do it. And that's what they're—that's what they're doing right now. It's hard to—it's really hard for me to nitpick this this game because, again. I know everyone wants to see Michigan run the air raid, and everyone wants balance on offense, and everyone wants to look like 2019 LSU. That's not what this team is. Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins coming into the year were their two most talented players on offense. Guess what? They touched the ball 48 times tonight. Actually, Blake Corum had three catches. Haskins had a catch. So really, they touched the ball... 52 times tonight. That's what your offense is right now. 343 yards rushing. That's impressive, guys. And and this wasn't this wasn't uh this wasn't a team full of traffic cones. This wasn't like you're you're just you're putting stuff on tape against a team that is inferior to you cuz you can. They bullied a pretty good Pac-12 defense. I don't. I don't think Jimmy Lake's a very good head coach. But the man's been coaching defense for a while, and usually has a pretty stout front, pretty stout unit. NFL players. Look at who they've put into the NFL. I mean, Levi Unzarique and, and Vita Vey and uh, Sidney Jones, and they've they've been putting Joe Tryon. They've been putting a lot of guys in the league. I don't know how many NFL guys are on that unit now but you cooked them to the tune of 6.1 yards per carry. I mean, Blake Corum, I, I may have underestimated how good that guy can be on his 67-yard touchdown run, which let's talk about that sequence for a second. This was the this was the turning point of the game. Washington, fourth down and one. It looked like they were going to go for it. Then they called timeout and they decide to punt. So Michigan gets the ball back. Michigan gets the fourth down on their side of the field, mind you, and they fake the punt. They fake the punt. I think everyone in the building knew it was coming, but it went through anyways. You fake the punt, pick up the first down, very next play, Blake Corum to the house, 67-yard touchdown. And for as well as it was blocked, I think Vistardis had a block on the play. Luke Schoonmaker uh, motioned over and had some kind of block on the play. Watch, do like a Zapruder film thing. And take it frame by frame and watch this ever so slight wiggle that Blake Corum has right around the line of scrimmage. He just kind of very subtly steps one way and then busts busts it up the field for the touchdown run. That guy, he's like rolling a bowling ball down a mountain. Hassan Haskins, I mean, he's always been a powerful, tough runner. But he looks like he's faster. The vision looks good. again if if that's if those two guys are gonna do that because they both look like NFL backs not just it's not just the stat line look at how they run look at their vision their patience those guys are two NFL backs so if that's what you have to build your offense around so be it that's the identity uh, identity of your team so you can't really I mean again, Blake Corm was your leading receiver. 3 catches 11 yards. Cornelius Johnson, really the only big play through the air at all. One catch for 33 yards. That's really that's all you have to speak of. 44 passing yards on the night, which I guess we just kind of get into that now. You know what? We'll take a quick break. What we'll do is we'll come back with a couple negatives a couple of questions I have about uh, how this thing's going to look moving forward. And we'll do three, three words. So uh, this is the Maze and brew post game podcast here on the SB Nation podcast network. And we'll be back in a moment.
0: This episode is sponsored by better help. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M.
1: And we are back here on the Mason Brew post game podcast. Michigan wins 31-10 over the Washington Huskies, who are now 0-2 on the season. Yikes, that is not how they expected to start this year. Had to get that one last week, and then if you had gotten this one in Ann Arbor, all of a sudden your season looks a lot different. But right now, yikes, it's a bad football team. And Michigan did what – if Michigan was a good football team, the spread in this game was – Michigan was a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Same deal as last week. If you're a good football team – You beat the brakes off of an opponent that looks like it's inferior to you. And they did. Shout out to them. Again, 343 yards rushing. Didn't turn over the football. Nice job. Good effort. I can't can't dog that. But let's address, you know, this is going to be something that continues. And I don't think we're in full-blown quarterback controversy mode. But Cade McNamara, again, just didn't have a – he was fine last week. I think he graded out as the highest on pro football focus, maybe the best QB in the country last week in terms of efficiency, whatever it is. He didn't have a good game on Saturday. I think he would tell you that. Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh didn't say that. You know, it's, it's the same old routine of, you know, did a good job, ran the offense, led scoring drives. But just looked a bit slow. Everything just looked a little bit tentative. And you can chalk that up to Washington's defense as well. They like to switch up their fronts. They switch up their coverages. And it's going to, you saw, you saw the effect of no Ronnie Bell. Michigan right now does not have a guy who can just get open. They had the big pass down the field to Cornelius Johnson, but that was, even that wasn't a greatly thrown ball. CJ kind of had to adjust to it. I don't know. There's there's part of me, and I know this is what people, it bothers the hell out of people. It feels like there are training wheels on the quarterback position right now. They're not being asked to do a lot. I don't know if they're really trusted to do a lot. You go back and watch some of the tape from last year. Cade McNamara is not a dude that was airing it down the field. Like, this isn't a Baker Mayfield situation, right? But I know it's not as simple as, you know, you see people on Twitter, you got to throw the ball more. You got to go down the field. It's like, you got to have guys open down the field. I don't see that right now. I don't see guys doing that. I also don't see Michigan doing much to attack down the field. It's all. When they didn't run the football on Saturday night, they were trying to go after the edges. The little swing passes out to the running back. The little the quick little the quick stuff, the quick dump offs. Which is fine. I mean you wanna get you wanna get those guys with that speed in the open field, obviously. But when this team there's gonna come a point this year where they will not be able to run the football. Someone's gonna someone's gonna shut that down. And something that we've seen, and this is where it comes to my maybe my biggest again, I'm try trying not to nitpick. But Josh Gaddis came to Michigan with this track record of developing developing wide receivers. Being a wide receivers coach. Being this great offensive mind. And honestly, I mean, we know we don't need to go over it too much. Talent-rich room in 2019, which Nico Collins was underutilized. Donovan Peoples-Jones was underutilized. Tariq Black just never really panned out. Who was the stalwart? Ronnie Bell. Last year, who was the stalwart? Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell's not there. But you know what, man? Like at some point, you just have to stop being so conservative. You have to. I'm not saying they need to throw down the field, but is it can you can you put AJ Henning in the slot and, and treat him like Devontae Smith and get him the ball out quickly and let him do something? Can we get some Someone, Someone's going to have to step up here. Someone's going to have to develop. And they have a room of five or six guys now still that have talent. But I'm starting to kind of feel like... Remember when Doug Nussmeier... And obviously, Josh Gaddis has lasted much longer at Michigan than Doug Nussmeier did. But remember when everyone was like, Oh, well, Doug Nussmeier is a quarterback guru. Remember what he did with Jake Locker? I'm starting to feel like the whole... Josh Geddes as this wide receiver guru is a little bit overblown. Like maybe Alabama's wide receivers were good because they're Alabama's wide receivers. But Ronnie Bell, I get it. He's not walking through that door anytime soon. But you've got four-star guys in there. You've got talented guys in there. They have to find a way to incorporate them into this offense because, like I said, what we've seen, like like let's go let's go back to Ohio State for a second. We've seen the last few weeks, and and I didn't see the entirety of the game on Saturday, but the Minnesota game. Minnesota was able to push them around on both sides of the ball up front, and they they'll take time off the clock and they'll run the football. But at some point, you have to be able to throw out that quick strike ability. From an offense. Because Ohio State, you could you could go on an 8 minute, 12 play, 75 yard drive. Ohio State can come back and score in two plays. Just like that. Your 8 minutes meant nothing. Because it took them 14 seconds to tie the game. We need to see them develop that quick strike ability. And take the trade. If I'll put it this way. If there are training wheels on the quarterback position right now. And, and 2 weeks from now, 3 weeks from now. They're still running the ball 50 times a game. There's no reason that, and again, I'm not firing up a quarterback controversy, but if that's what it's going to be, why would J.J. McCarthy not be playing if you're going to insulate the quarterback with a steady diet of runs all game and not ask him to do much through the air? I'm I'm not ready to turn this into a Cade versus J.J. thing. I've been outspoken about that. At some point, JJ is going to be too good to keep off the field. I don't know if that's this year. Maybe it's sometime next year. Who knows? But at some point, you have to incorporate. Someone's going to throw you off schedule and you're going to have to be able to zig when they zag. Now listen, Saturday night, Washington didn't zig or zag. They just got punched in the mouth. And choked on their own blood. That was a really nice really nice effort from the from the offensive line, the run game. Those guys did great. But man, this is the difference between being a team like the twenty seventeen team that wins eight games, and or being the twenty eighteen team. I think if you had a little more balance offensively, that's this is a game you probably win by two more scores than you did. That's how dominant what Michigan was in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And maybe if Ronnie Bell, maybe I'm maybe I'm being too hard on them without Ronnie Bell. But there just doesn't seem like. It just seems like this passing game for the last year and a half has just been in molasses. I need to see more. I want you to do what you're good at. But someone's going to throw you off schedule at some point. How are you going to respond to that? I mean, there was a speed option call on 3rd and 10 on your own side of the field. What the hell is that? Uh, On the goal line, there was the goal line stand earlier in the game where Washington kept them out on fourth and one. A little too cute there, I thought. Pretty predictable. You shouldn't still be developing your feel as a play caller in year three. But there's about probably four or five plays in that playbook right now that they keep running and it keeps working. And like I said, I I thought that Washington would stack the box and try to make Michigan throw. Washington stacked the box and Michigan didn't care. They just kept running. If that's what you're good at and that's what you're philosophy is then you better stick to it you better stay good at it and that's where it's nice because a lot of recent Harbaugh teams haven't had that haven't had an identity if this is what their identity is hey that's that's fine and good and they've done well and and listen we're not we we don't apologize for victories around here I know coming into this week a lot of people were like oh this is a lose-lose for Michigan because if they win, they were supposed to beat this team. And if they lose, well, they just lost to the team that lost to Montana. Guess what? It's a win-lose because you won the game. You're 2-0. and If you would have lost the game, you'd have been 1-1. So guess what? It's a win-lose. And you were still pretty impressive doing it. So that'll do it for this segment. Uh, I have a couple more things I want to hit on, and then we'll do three words. So we'll be right back here on the Maze Root Podcast. And we are back here on the Mason Brew podcast. Anthony Broom here, going to wrap up with a few quick takeaways and then start reading some of your three word reactions. Um, A couple bullet points, bullet point things here. I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier. This felt like a, a win that the 2017 team would have had. Just run, run, run. Bully the team. See if you can figure out your pass game next week. I don't think this game did a ton to alter my outlook on the team. I think this is an eight-win football team. So, uh, I wasn't crazy about, uh, they they let Washington hang around a little bit there. It got a little dicey there about halfway through the fourth quarter. And also, I'm not going to really single anyone out. I think I've been pretty outspoken about the idea that these defensive backs are going to be a problem throughout the year. And Jamon Green, I don't think, had a very good night on Saturday. Got beat a few times, just was out of position. You know, you look at the box score, and Dylan Morris threw for 293 yards, but they they were getting beat the whole game. Like, they had to throw to stay in the game to get back in the game. Giles Jackson, three catches, 49 yards. He had a 33-yard catch. There were some big plays given up through the air, but... 32 carries 50 yards. Defense played well. I I just I think defensive backs it's it's going to just continue to be a bit of a problem outside of Dax Hill. Uh, I think Jamon Green for the second week in a row probably had the roughest showing of those guys though. So, let's do it. Let's get in three words so I can get out of here. We will start with I said what we do is we tweet out we want your three-word reactions at Mason Brew on Twitter. Say, we'll read the best of them on the show. So we're going to just get through it here. Uh, this one's from Tim Campbell. He says, terribly boring domination. That's a great way to put it. Uh, Dunedin says, vanilla. Why not? Uh, the Bretster 24 says, passing is overrated. M um, Boy Yeast says, old school football. Mac Risley is not buying into the hype. He says, won't beat Ohio. Tim Blamer says, can we pass? Retro Bit Coach says, run, run, done. Uh, Brendan B. Malice says, are we army? Nice little tribute to the Service Academies with Michigan's rushing performance on a day. Again, 20th anniversary of 9-11. Very cool stuff to commemorate that. Obviously a very somber and sad day, but tribute to the Service Academies from the Michigan offense on Saturday. Uh, UW dog pound. Our SB Nation's Washington site <laughs> feels like farts. Yeah, that I'm sure it does. Uh, Connor Wolf on the service academy thing says it's a new service academy. Francis Carlota says happier Ohio lost. Andrew Bailey, hello Andrew, host of Out of the Blue here on SB Nation and and, Maize and Brew, running game thick. That's right. Aaron Mike says quorum is Jesus. Steen Kirby says job got done. Mark Hymanen says boring yet effective. And this is my favorite one. So we'll end with this. Kevin S. Jacot says Hutchinson attempted murder. Those were your three word reactions for this week. Those were my this whole show has been my reactions to what we saw out of the Michigan Wolverines on Saturday in a 31-10 victory over the Washington Huskies. They moved to 2-0. We'll see if they wind up being ranked. Again, pretty dominant performance. It's fair to have questions about the quarterback, the passing game. I'm going to go back and use the term that I used during basketball season. In the vacuum of one game, the issues are what they are. It's only concerning if it becomes a trend. We'll see next week Northern Illinois comes to town and then Rutgers after that. They're looking to go 4-0 before they go to Madison. Do I think this team, if you're asking me if today if this team will go into Madison and win, I'm going to say no. But there's a lot of work that's three weeks away. Got two games before that. Got another tune-up game next week to close out non-conference play. And then we're in the thick of Big Ten play just two weeks from, uh, two weeks from now. It's crazy to think about. The season already feels like it's flying by, but... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Anthony T. Broom. You can follow the website, at Maize and Brew. Of course, you can get all of our shows and podcasts wherever you get your shows, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. That's going to do it for me. That's going to do it for us in the reaction to the win over Washington. Be back on Monday with a new Brewcast for you. Other than that, stay good. Behave yourselves. Happy start of NFL season. Happy 2-0 and start to Michigan season. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.